In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit. The only wrestling podcast on the planet that forgot to write an intro because they were too busy watching sports ball. Sport, sports ball. Yes. I am Detective Mark Smarks. The last game of football except for Vinnie Mac has us covered for another couple weeks. Yeah, but right? um, I'm joined, as you've heard today and as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, you know, I, I well, we're this is going to be a short episode because uh, you know this, but the listeners don't. Uh, my son put a pencil through his hand at school on Friday, so we have to go see an orthopedist early in the morning uh, to make sure that there was no damage. It doesn't look like there was. Uh, I mean, other than the flesh wound that went from one side of his hand to the other, um, front to back, back to front, however you want to see it. But uh, so, yeah, we got to go see an orthopedist in the morning. But other than that, um, I'm great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, the other reason this will be short is um, for those of you not interested in sports ball, um, you may be unaware that there was kind of a big game uh, tonight. Uh, and because we record this from Nebraska, which borders with uh, one of the states represented in it, the Kansas City Chiefs, who did happen to win it, spoiler alert, for those of you, the one of you out there who's interested watch has watched it. Um, but uh, so, you know, I was at a Super Bowl party and then had to drive home. So we're starting our recording later than we normally do. And then add to that uh, stuff that DA Fabe's going to have to deal with tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to try to keep this a relatively short episode overall. But yeah. seeing as last week was the Royal Rumble recap, we haven't actually done uh, WBU in two weeks now. We figured we really at least need to do a short one, better short than none this week. So. Yeah, um, absolutely. But so um, we're going to just kind of get into it. I'll, I'll go ahead and start with crime number one. Crime number one. Where if you take my dog food, I'm gonna hurt you. Yeah, I'm not touching the dog food. So. <laughs> that um, is a crime. Yeah, mine's actually a positive crime. I'm charging Shayna Baszler with showing us how to do a submission finish to a match right. Um, and and that's it was one of my major problems with Ronda Rousey. And, and you and I could talk for hours about how we're apparently in the minority with our opinion on Ronda Rousey, but we were not nearly as impressed with her as some other people. Um, and, but, and hey, look, she's about to get another push. Yeah, but um, but the biggest thing was one of my problems with Ronda Rousey is that they had everyone immediately tap to her armbar finisher. Like, she puts it on they for also, tapping. 
made it into a fake armbar. It wasn't even the legit armbar later on. But but my point is still was the immediate tapping, right? And if you look at almost any of the other uh, people who have a submission finisher as their main finish, none of them do they immediately tap. None of no. them. No, it's excruciating long-term it's excruciating, pain. and the person struggles and struggles and tries to get to to uh, uh, ropes or something like that to break the hold, and then eventually can't can't do it, can't do it, and they tap. And that's what Shayna Baszler with the Kirafuna clutch does so very well. And in Charlotte. Yeah, and and Did Charlotte. Did we with lose the, each other there? No, I can still hear. Okay. But sorry. Yeah, so Char- Charlotte does it well as well. Becky Lynch, um, probably. Uh, in terms of it, the best usage of it in main roster WWE, so that's not including NXT, because even though they're main roster, we're not going to get into that whole argument again. We're so um, is actually in many ways it's it's Sasha Banks. She locks on that bank statement. The person struggles, 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 gets close to the rope, and then Sasha kicks her feet and rolls it over back into the middle and keeps the the submission on. That's phenomenal, right? And then Shayna does uh, very similar. A person in the Kirifuna clutch will work and work and work and try to get to the ropes, and and she'll right as they get almost to the ropes, she'll she'll swivel her hips and spin them around back into the middle, uh, where they can't get to it. And it just it works so well. And to me, it makes that move look even more devastating. When, when people are fighting and fighting and they just can't get out of it. And it doesn't matter whether you're Samoa Joe uh, doing his version of the, the Punic, the sleeper the hold, whatever you want to call it. Clutch. The Kokina Clutch. The Clutch. It's a, it's a sleeper hold no matter what you name it. Um, but it's still, it, no one ever taps immediately to Samoa Joe, but they still eventually tap, right? Um, or they nap. And that's, I mean, that's Shayna Baszler's whole thing. Tap, nap, or snap. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna lose one way or another. Uh, and that's what, it just, uh, Shayna Baszler impresses me so much more than Ronda Rousey ever did. Um, oh, on top of it, um, and we've talked before about, our, you know, our problems with Ronda Rousey, how it, it, she did not look safe, right? No, those judo throws were always... Yeah, I would. I mean, I thought I thought Alexa Bliss was gonna have her arm ripped out. Yeah, I'm still surprised that there there hasn't been a major injury reported from that because they did not look safe. Now, as as a wrestling fan, we walk this line of wanting uh, the moves to look devastating, but at the same point, wanting them to be safe, right? Yes. Um, it's part of why we love moves like the RKO because they look really devastating, but they're also all told, a pretty safe move, right? Even when Kofi messes him up. Mm-hmm. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's, it's still a safe move. Kofi just yep. messed it up by not taking it right. But so, And that's what, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler, when she goes out, her moves look like they have impact. They look like they're uh, hurting. But there's also that part of the brain where you know that she's a safe worker and you know that these other people are comfortable putting their fates in her hand. Yeah, know? I mean, she's she's never injured. As far as we know, yeah, no no injury. And yeah, eventually, accidents yeah. happen. And so, you know, we don't even have to, we can hold 
an occasional injury against someone. But Ronda Rousey, just every time she was in the ring, I did not think, oh, she's going to hurt someone, like, storyline-wise. I thought, oh, she's going to hurt someone, like, she's an unsafe worker-wise. Um, and... And Shane and I never think that. I always, I am able to maintain my thoughts in the storyline. That this is a storyline. She's, she's, uh, hurting those people in air quotes, but not hurting those people in real, you know? Yes. Um, and so that's why I want, I wanted to throw this crime at Shayna Baszler because, uh, it really is a commendation, but you, you know how this whole game works. We, uh, we do positive, we do negative, we do not the same thing. Yep. But, but no, and this... I would agree with you. Shayna is Shayna does an exception. Right now, she's probably the best female worker there is, um, in terms of, of you know putting people over in her matches, even when she wins, putting them over, um, which makes her put them over significantly when she loses, um, as she's done once recently. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean. There's a reason that the rumor is that Charlotte and her are going to wrestle at WrestleMania because, boy, that'll put on a match. Um, and a dang good one at that. I also think that that also opens up room for, so, for oh. Ronda. What's that? Hello? I didn't say anything. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I also think that that opens up room. I think this is the year we, we see the, the Four Horsewomen thing happen because I think at WrestleMania that's going to get set up, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yes, you're right. I mean, they both work extreme, or she works extremely well, and it looks legit when she does her submissions. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I 100% uh, understand that Ronda Rousey could kick my ass from here till Sunday any any time, right? She is 100% way tougher than... I also 100% uh, agree that Shayna Baszler could kick my ass six ways till Sunday, right? Um, however, which one am I scared of? I'm more scared of? Shayna Baszler. Um, and that's character work there. Yeah. Well, I, I thought you meant, like, if you were in a ring with them, I'd be like, I'm Ronda, because... Regardless of whether she... Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I thought you were... Yeah, because I thought... I thought you were saying, which one are you more scared to be in a ring with? Um, in a wrestling ring, I was like, well, Ronda, because, you know, she no, doesn't I'm, wrestle safe. I'm talking just in general. Uh, Shayna yeah. Baszler... Shayna Baszler oozes charisma, oozes uh, ring ability... Machismo, yeah, she she lives that part so well that that she legitimately scares me. Uh, where don't get me wrong, once again, Ronda Rousey could kick my ass. I am not saying, and she would hurt me badly in the process. But I, but I'm not scared, right? It's not like shaking in my boots scared. It's like ah, just just don't piss her off, you know. Um, but Shayna Baszler has that kind of wild card uh, to her character that just don't piss her off isn't uh, a surefire way to make sure she's not going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? Anyways, uh, like I say, since we're trying to keep this relatively short, we will just go ahead and move on to crime number two. So what you got for Crime number two. Uh, 
dog food. Dog food is a crime. Enough said. Dog food. Uh, yeah, I mean, why are we continuing bad storylines? At least Raw didn't have anything about uh, Lashley and and uh, Rusev. But man alive, we're gonna have yet another match that was kind of closed that we that everybody felt like was closed out at Royal Rumble. They didn't even face each other in the Rumble match. Um, we had that closure. We felt like there was good closure there, and suddenly we had to do more with the stinking dog food. And you have to eat dog food, and, and of course, there's the two-way bias now that this is this is revenge. And this is vengeance is good, but. Uh, but how horrible is it that Roman has to suffer through dog food being smothered all over him? But but it's okay when when it's vengeance. Um, no, it's I mean it's not okay to demean anybody that way. Number one, number two. Why are we still doing the dog food thing? Just like why? Like is this the end of it now? Can we be done with it? Can we not talk about it the entirety of SmackDown? After every single match, we have to talk about, hey, just so you know, somebody's going to eat some dog food. Yeah, I just, you know, remember when the whole SmackDown moving to Fox thing was first uh, going to happen and they did the draft and there was all this. It's going to be more house. legitimate. Yeah. SmackDown was going to be more sports oriented and more legitimate. And then and Raw was going to still be the, the sports entertainment show sort of a thing. And um, in some ways... The Rusev-Lana storyline notwithstanding, Raw has been the more sports-oriented show overall. Well, I mean, Uh, they they have Brock. mm -hmm. SmackDown, of course, decided that they wanted to have The Fiend, which was was the best storyline at the time, and still is the best long-term storyline. But in in turn for that, they had to give up, of course, Brock. you know, they don't have Shayna, they don't have... So, the two MMAers right now are the vast majority of MMAers that are that are that have a well-known history in MMA aren't on SmackDown. Um, and SmackDown's loaded with these garbage lines. These garbage storylines that are just, you know, Baron, Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns doesn't have to be a bad storyline. It's a bad storyline when you have to make it about dog food. Mm-hmm. Well, when you base the entire thing about... Hey, how why how do you have these people fight? Oh, Roman Reigns calls himself the big dog, so let's write the entire storyline based off of um making fun of that nickname. Come on, yeah. man. People can fight for a lot of reasons and nickname jokes um really should be low on the list for televised wrestling, right? Well, and it, it's good for for a pop, you know, obviously The Rock was really good at making those pops like that. It's good for a pop. It was good when Roman said, you know you're not a real king, right? But Like, that was okay. But once again, but, that's my point. Is that's not good for a storyline. That's good for... No. It's good for a joke, right? Yeah. There, One pop. There was never... There was never a, a match between Rock and Mankind that was based off of Mankind making fun of The Rock's nickname or The Rock making fun. It never happened, right? Yeah. The, those pops might have happened. Fruity Pebbles happened. Mm-hmm. And the fans kept Fruity Pebbles going. But Fruity Pebbles was a singular joke. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I'm glad that that Heyman was smart enough to walk away from, and it, and yes, I know Juan and Rusev. That storyline's still going, um, but I also know that I thought the Roman 
Baron Corbin thing was over, and it is obviously not. So, um, that crime is... It's sad, it's sad to say, but SmackDown actually is is the show that I'm least likely to to worry about watching live on the night that it aired, right? Um, uh, it, it's got potentially the best overall wrestling roster uh, on it, but like I, I come home from work and it's DVRing and I go and I fix dinner and I do some other stuff. And if I don't happen to watch it live Friday night, then I'll watch it sometime Saturday afternoon or evening. You know, that's fine. Right. Uh, but uh, raw, I'm home and I watch it live, right? All the way th- three hours of it. Uh, yeah. Wednesday nights, I watch AEW live and then I watch the DVR version of, of NXT. Right, so of the four wrestling, I need to watch live, and then when I watch a DVR, I already typically know most of what happens, so I know when to skip, and so there are large sections of it that I just don't even bother watching, um, and that's sad. And no wrestling show should be that way, right? Yeah, you know, I I think probably the biggest thing is that we don't want our main event storylines. In Raw, you don't want the the end of the second hour and the end of the third hour to be bad. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with bad storylines. I really don't. I have a problem with marquee bad storylines. Like these are your big marquee items. You know, um, if if I was to use another word that that is from the cinematic universe. Um, your marquee storylines need to be good. Your bad ones can be matinee. Those can be early on. Get it over with. Get it out of the way. I don't want to tune in. Yeah. Here's my thing is, to to use your cinematic reference, um, your bad storylines have to be so bad it's good. They have to be The Room or The Sharknados, right? <laughs> um, yes. They can't be... I'm trying to think of a movie that just absolutely bombed recently because it was just bad. They can't be the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Fair enough. You know, I actually finally got around to watching that movie because it was on TV, um, free TV one day when I had nothing better to do. Um, and while, yeah, there are some funny moments to it, it's it's pretty bad. And it's not it's not to the level of so bad it's good. It's just bad, right? Yeah. And that's what... So far, uh, SmackDown especially has had too many of the just bad stories. SmackDown is really, really Star Wars Episode 1 right now. um, That's how bad it is. And and we'd be fine if they were Star Wars Episode 3, you know? Yeah. Rogue One, well, Rogue One was actually really, really good. So uh, I'd even be fine if they were a Star Wars Saga solo. Yeah, absolutely. Mandalorian with no baby Yoda. I'm okay with that. I mean, that'd be sad, but I'd still be okay with it. Yeah, and we are uh, suddenly letting our geek flag fly pretty hard right now. So, um, but but yeah, and that's the deal. That like, like I say, it's just sad that SmackDown is the show that I just don't, I don't literally care. Like, I didn't even fast forward through parts of Lucha Underground when I was watching that. Um, but I fast forward through large parts of, of SmackDown every week. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that happens with with any bad. I mean, when was the last time you actually intentionally watched Alana Rusev's segment? Intentionally? 
Mm. Uh, Rusev Day. <laughs> there we go. There we go. In fact, it was probably the one where Aiden English was going to reveal his shocking video footage. Uh, that was, uh, you know, showing Lana was wanting to cheat, and then she wasn't wanting to cheat, and then six months later she is wanting. To... Anyway, maybe this is just a really long line from that, and Aiden English was actually just telling us about her trying to cheat with uh, Bobby well, Lashley. They totally could have. That's the way they should have gone with the whole angle when uh, Lana came out and it announced that she was leaving Rusev. It shouldn't have been Bobby Lashley. It should have been a returning Aiden English and pay off a storyline from before. And yeah. then then it would have it, it would have made sense because part of why it didn't make any sense is there had been nothing connecting Rusev and Lana or Rusev and Lana to Bobby Lashley before that. Right. No. no well, and, and, well and the other thing is, it, out of the- it, is it can bring Aiden English back, you know, in just a speaking role again. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I don't know. I just um, and. On a side note, um, congratulations on losing a billion dollars by firing number two and number three in the company. Wow. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of rumors that the firing of those two people was due to the upcoming earnings call was going to be bad, that they were already losing a lot. And this was Vince McMahon's way of trying to uh, headed off at the pass so that when they go on the earnings call, they can say, we've already taken steps to correct this. Yeah, um, they can say it. Uh, and in, in reality, a lot of the the stock losses were probably based on people who saw these people get fired and said, oh, crap, this means that their profits and loss is bad, that their earnings call coming up in a week or whatever is going to be really bad. I'm going to get out before the earnings call happens. Uh, in reality, yeah. though, you you can talk so much about uh, how much they lost at that point by doing it, but there has not been, in a long time, there's not been a better time to buy some WWE stocks than right now. Oh, that, and that's a good point, yeah, because I mean, they're, they're coming back. Go back they're, not, they're not going anywhere, right? It's going to bounce back. They've got that Saudi deal that's bringing in billions of dollars. Uh, XFL is going to be hugely successful. Eh. But XFL is not directly tied to WWE's profits and losses, so it's tight. It, I, I, I thought it was under Titan, yeah. So you, nope, it, you could it's a, Titan stock or it's, it's technically a spinoff. It's under its own, because that's why he sold a bunch of Titan stocks to to fund it. Uh, oh, see, I thought it was owned by Titan still. Uh, I don't believe so. I am Googling it to be 100% certain. Uh, it was, that's the reason he sold off a bunch of WWE Titan stocks so that he could fund the XFL. Yeah, it's Alpha Entertainment LLC, which is Vince McMahon. So it is separate from Titan. It is Vince McMahon, but it is not a Titan. Uh, gotcha. So, uh, so that's, that's the thing is XFL, whether it's popular or successful or not, doesn't help WWE in any way, shape or form. No. In fact, that's part of why there's the lawsuit against WWE right now is because the lawsuit is claiming that Vince McMahon used Titan uh, infrastructure and funds to fund parts of the XFL. Um, and that's hurting the profits and losses of Titan. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know if this was a right move or not. I don't 
I really, obviously, I'm not all that familiar with with WWE's structure in the corporate side of how to, you know, because <laughs> there's two different sides to that story. Obviously, there's there's the creative side, which is what actually makes the money, and there's the um, the corporate side, which runs the business aspects of things. But you know, so many, so much of their talent is is 10.99, so. I am going to give mad props to you tonight. You have done a great job of rolling with my technical difficulty punches. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. <laughs> the, that was the first one you really had to roll with. That was like, oh, well, I'll just wait. So, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so on our short episode, I also am having technical difficulties, which makes this really weird. Um but yeah, I just thought, you know, dog food bad storylines are just really, really bad right now. They're not even so bad, they're good. With the, I don't know, I, yeah. They, they can't be on your marquee. They can't be the reason people are watching your show. And and here's the deal. Lest anyone try to complain that we're AEW marks and, and we're just dogging on WWE's bad storylines, there are bad storylines in AEW, but none oh. of them are dog food level bad, right? We've no, talked I mean, about our problems with the Nightmare Collective storyline. The Butcher um, and the Blade thing. Like, yeah, the what? Butcher and Blade just showing up out of nowhere and we're supposed to be scared of them or whatever. I don't know. You know, uh, e- even the um, the the Dark Order was a bad yeah. storyline. But here's the thing. They fixed- uh, AEW has done a lot of work to fix those, right? Um, the Dark Order has turned into legitimately kind of a fun storyline now that it's all about recruiting and who's the actual boss of it. And, oh, there's one there's one uh, uh, creeper who tried to quit, uh, but they're forcing him back in. Who is he? Is he someone that we know? And are we going to find out that someone behind the scenes is secret, like a uh, Brandon Cutler or something like that, is actually a creeper behind the scenes? Things like that, right? It's turned into a pretty decent little storyline. Uh, the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny, <clears throat> they've turned it into a their hired henchmen storyline. They had a whole thing last week where MJF presented them with a bunch of cash uh, so that they could go out and flip up on on uh, uh, the Elite. Um, and then they lost, but that's beside the point. Um, and the my beer. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Hold my beer, buckshot lariat, grabs his beer, guzzles it. (laughs) So good. And and then uh, the Nightmare Collective, um, it hasn't been happening on screen, right? Um, So I don't know if you've actually seen any of them. Um, And in a way, they might be a subtle dig at uh, uh, WWE, um, if you think about it. But at the same point, uh, it's kind of a common trope that it might not be. But they've uh, put out on YouTube a bunch of vignettes of Brandy in Theron, you know, that really seem like it's it's trying to to write them out of this Nightmare Collective storyline. You know what I mean? Like she's realizing that she did this all for the wrong reasons and whatever. Right. Um, And that's that's a perfect example of what we're kind of talking about. AEW has had bad storylines, but it seems like they've made a commitment to listen to the fans and when the fans say hey this storyline is bad they say hey you know what maybe you're right let's see what we can do to fix it Um, the other thing that they they have all of those have a built-in conclusion there's a conclusion with um mjf not paying 
uh, Butcher Blade and Bunny. There's yeah. a conclusion with the Nightmare Collective and Karma turning on Brandy. There's a conclusion to all of those. There's not a conclusion to dog food. No. But even more than that, like we we voiced our displeasure with the dog food storyline a month ago. Mm-hmm. And WWE seems to just dig their heels in it and and say, we're going to continue this be, regardless of what you guys think, right? The Lana, Rusev, the Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley thing. All of the fans said they hated it. Uh, and WWE seemed to be like, well, you hate it? Well, tell me if you still hate it after we do this. Yes, we do. Okay, but we're going to do this now. Do you still hate it? Yeah. Yeah, we still do. Okay, but we're going to have a wedding. We don't want to. We want it done. We want it over. Whereas with AEW, we've never, first of all, never gotten to the we just want it done level with any of them. But we did voice our displeasure on the Dark Order and uh, the Nightmare Collective and the Butcher and Blade. And in every single one of those cases, they said, you know what? You guys might have a point. So let's let's take a moment. Let's step back. Let's think about how we can book ourselves out of this corner and make it better. Yeah. And that's all we're asking. All we're asking is that you try to make things better, right? That you listen to the fans. And when the fans say, we don't like something, uh, you try to make it better. And, and WWE did that, right? The fans uh, were the ones who said, hey, we want... Uh, Daniel Bryan to win the championship years ago. And it took forever for WWE to listen, but they eventually listened and they got some of their best storylines that they'd had for years out of it. Well, and they made the adjustment just more recently with The Fiend. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully they're going to leave those red lights off. Please leave the red Um, lights off. The whole women's revolution came about because they listened to the fans. Yeah. Uh, And so... um, that's all we're asking for is that you listen to us voicing our displeasure and you realize that we're not just doing it because we want a dog on WWE. We're doing it because we legitimately want WWE to get better. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't want WWE or NXT to win the wars. I want them to continue to compete forever, you know? And the yeah. only way it continues is if both of them continue to get better, right? Yeah, because when WWE was winning the wars for two years towards the end, I mean, well over 83 weeks, um, when they were winning, it was still forcing WCW to do things differently back then. Mm-hmm. Change yeah. your perspective. What can we do different? What, what do we need to do? Oh, we'll have... Uh, Jarrett lay down for Hogan. Not a good move, but hey, at least they tried something different. You know? We'll have David Arquette win the belt. Well, that didn't work. We'll have someone else do it. So, that's what... (laughs) How how deep are we getting buried here? (laughs) I mean, ultimately, we we just want you to listen to us when we say something is bad. And understand, and and I'm not just saying just us, like you and me, but us as a collective, the fans. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know I, a single fan who likes like wrestling fan who likes the Rusev Lana Bobby Lashley angle, right? <laughs> More importantly, we mentioned earlier that we didn't like Ronda, like in, in terms of her being the marquee for women for women's wrestling. But fans in general did, and so mm-hmm. we tolerate it. 
And, yeah. and, and, and it's not going to make us stop watching. No. In fact, it made us anticipate her loss. Yeah. There was never a point during the Ronda that I didn't want to watch WWE, right? Yeah. I, I, I wanted... And and there are a lot of things with the Ronda that is that aren't directly Ronda. Number one, I didn't like how she got shotguns to the head of the line, right? Correct. When you had people like Shayna Baszler working their way up from the bottom and getting better and and being better in ring performers, um, I didn't like that Ronda Rousey, as green as she was in the ring, just shotgunned to the front. I would have had no problem if they would have had her come in and. Goldberg style run her way through the lower card and then the mid card on her way to the top. It was just that she came in and immediately was like, okay, first you're going to have a match with Triple H and Stephanie and then you're in the main title picture. Yeah, almost immediately. Um, But, once again, you and I, we understand we were in the minority uh, through that. Yeah. The rest of the fans uh, overwhelmingly seemed to like it. And so, great. And there, like I said, there was never a point during the Ronda Rousey that I did not want to watch WWE because of her. But the Roman Reigns, uh, Baron Corbin dog food bits make me want to not watch WWE. The Lashley, Lana, Rusev bits make me want to not watch WWE. Um, well, no, I, I think the worst part is that Vince sees those. That, like, if the ratings were to go down during that, it wouldn't be about the storyline. It'd be about the, the performers. Oh, people don't want to see Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns now. So we should do the dog food line with somebody else in Roman Reigns. That's not the problem. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, that's what, like, the Rusev-Lana storyline, right, has been one of the few moments in the last five to ten years of being a WWE fan that I've been actually embarrassed to be watching WWE, right? It's been a long time since since I had that feeling. And I'm talking uh, late 90s uh, watching WWE when my mom comes over to my apartment to visit and feeling like I better turn the channel because this is this is inappropriate for her to see, right? That's embarrassed to be watching. It's been a long yeah. time since I've had that about WWE, and there have been multiple times in the Rusev Lana storyline uh, recently, especially since Liv Morgan came into it, that I've been legitimately embarrassed to be like. I looked over at my wife one time and saw the look on her face and wanted to shut my TV off because it was embarrassing. They they were it, I think it was during the wedding. And they're rolling around, and it was one one notch above Braun Panties' match. I mean, even the camera angles were were back to that level. And yeah, and you know, I just I just want WWE to get better. Um, I want my wrestling to get better and be wrestling. And well, I, you know, don't I'm be surprised. This, yeah, go ahead. Don't be surprised if we have Beth and Edge in a, in a bed soon. Yeah. I mean, oh please no. It's, uh, we <laughs> kind of don't want you to be rated R, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, it, I don't. I think he is definitely not going to be the rated R version of Edge, just because he's his public persona has been based so much off of being a family man. Uh now, yeah. in fact, his whole excuse for abandoning the uh, podcast uh, was that he wanted to spend more time with his daughter. Uh, and, and we, you know, that he really was 
finishing his training and, and getting all the stuff in in place so that he could make his return. But but so much of his character has been based around look at me, I'm a good father. That I don't think we're gonna get the rated R part of it. I also think we're probably not gonna see him on TV for another three weeks to a month. Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be pretty pretty well after the Saudi show. Mm-hmm. But and I don't think we'll see him in Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I think I think it won't be until build up to WrestleMania. I think we're gonna he's gonna be gone for three to four weeks, maybe even five. Um, he may have an effect on 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 Randy in Elimination Chamber. Like he may come out and grab his leg, and then somebody else beats the crap out of Randy while he's possibly. holding Randy's leg from outside the ring. Yeah. That would be it at most. But like I, you know, I just I. I haven't had that feeling of embarrassment for watching WWE in a long time. And and I would rather watch Marco Stunt wrestle Bobby Lashley any day of the week and have to suspend the disbelief um, than, than watch any more of the trash TV that they've been throwing together in that Lana storyline in that uh, Roman Reigns storyline. Um, so, but so anyways, we'll bring bring that particular crime to a close since we're trying to keep this a short one. We're gonna move on to misdemeanors. Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. And for me, um, I have one big misdemeanor, and that is uh, in conjunction with uh, the Hollywood uh, District Department. Um, I am charging John Cena for finally giving us the heel turn we've been asking for for years, but he did it in the wrong place. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if you've got a chance to watch the trailers for the new Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, but if you haven't, I'm going to spoil it for you here. Okay. Uh, John Cena's the bad guy. Fair enough. And uh, he's also... When John Cena left wrestling to go to movies, he became the bad guy because he was a hypocrite. Well, yeah, because he always talked to The Rock about, I'm here full-time, yep. I didn't go off to do Hollywood. But but yep. here's the thing. He's, he's, he's officially the bad guy in the Fast and Furious movie. But even more than that, dun-dun-dun, he's uh Vin Diesel's brother. He's a Toretto. Which really I I'm waiting to hear exactly how they he's gotta be stepbrother or something. Because Vin Diesel at least looks like he's got some ethnicity to him to to go with the last name Toretto, right? John Cena does not fit the last name Toretto. Just saying. Well makeup does a lot, but um no. Here, I'm. I'm. We, you, and I have a mutual friend who's a big Fast and the Furious fan, and for him, oh, good for good for the whole franchise. But for me, I don't care at all. I'm. I enjoy the Fast and Furious movies in the standpoint of enjoying those movies where you kind of check your brain at the door and you you walk in and you know you're gonna watch two hours of just insanity. Um, and just don't bother thinking, right? Don't even think about it. 
Right. Uh, oh, one to another 40 uh, skyscraper, and they're going to crash in the, in the window. Just don't think about it. The logistics of it don't work. Just don't think about it, right? Um, <laughs> in, in the trailer for this, there's a scene where they're chasing John Cena character, and they're driving along on this cliff top. And they're driving towards, there's a bridge in front of them, like a wooden bridge, rope bridge. Uh-huh. Um, and, and John Cena's character, sh- I think, I'm trying to remember exactly, and it might not be exactly this, but I think he shoots a gun to take the bridge out, and then he... he On a rope bridge. Yeah, well, takes the whole bridge out. And then he floors it, because he's not on the bridge yet, right? It's before the bridge. Uh-huh. But he floors it, and he goes off the edge of the cliff, and then uh, the people he's working for come in with a plane, with a jet, and that has a magnet on the bottom, and they catch it. Which already is a check your brain at the door moment, right? Uh, but then uh, Vin Diesel, Dom Domin, and his people are driving, and... Uh, uh, they say, Dom, you know that bridge is out. And he's like, I know, hold on. And he drives towards it, <clears throat> and he he hits the, one of the supports that still had a rope on it. And he drives off the cliff, and the rope somehow or another snags around the the uh, axle of his car, and, and then catches him, and then he rope swings around, and we don't see how he lands. But, like, watching it at home, I can't check my brain 100%. And I looked at my wife and said, there's no way he could know for certain that that rope was going to catch his axle. There's literally no way. Or that the rope was going to be strong enough to hold the car. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the whole concept. And and I saw it, saw the trailer. I didn't realize it was Cena in that. But um, the only, the, I, I'll give Cena a misdemeanor. Um, way to leave wrestling for a commercial. A, a great one at that with... Uh, the Mick Ultra commercial, but yep. it was still, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's that's where I was. I mean, that's where I'm at with Cena, man. Like you didn't show up to Royal Rumble, so you could do a, a, a Michelob Ultra commercial. And I know that it was recorded long before that, but that's what it felt like. Like you couldn't be a mystery entrant. I I believe you could a be one of the people that Brock throws out quickly. Yeah, I get your point. I believe it was a very, very wise man who once said, um, it is all about the Benjamin's baby. Ah, yes. Yeah. Puff Daddy, truly a philosopher. Yes, a philosopher and, uh, no, not really. Anyways. Pfizer. <laughs> but, but, so that's my biggest misdemeanor. Just, like, we wanted to see him as a heel for so long, right? Um, and he could have done one final six-month run in WWE as a heel and finished his career, you know, as an antagonist for, like, a Roman Reigns or someone like that to put put over the next generation sort of a thing. I think but that may still be coming. He goes off to Hollywood, and he has his heel turn in Hollywood. And um, now, knowing the Fast and Furious movies, I'm making a prediction for Fast and Furious, I don't know, 12 whatever's coming up in one or two movies. It's only going to be 10 plus Hobbs and Shaw. So you you say this. that, but they've officially announced it now as the Fast and Furious saga. Um, because they have already three different times said, 
this is going to be the last Fast and Furious. And then six months later, after that Fast and Furious movie made a bunch of money, they say, we're doing another one. Because uh, originally they said it was going to be three trilogies, right? Well, when they came out with the fifth movie, they said, we're planning on three trilogies. Uh, but now they're past the three trilogies, plus they have the Hobbs and Shaw, plus um, there's reports that there's another spinoff Fast and movie in the works. Um, but... I, I can already tell you that what's going to happen in the next movie or maybe the one following that uh, is that John Cena is going to suddenly become a friend of the whole family and a good guy at the end. And it might be at the end of this movie, too. Like, he might Which have to change heart and get back together. The bad guys have to get progressively even more badder. Is that a word? Well, yeah, we're Because the simple fact is um, The Rock's character, Hobbs, uh, he uh, was the... He was the not bad guy, but an an antagonist in the first movie that he was in. He was a person that the the good guys fought against, and then he became their best friend. And um, Shaw was legitimately an antagonist. Spent uh, two movies as the antagonist. Yep. Uh, killed Han, and and then uh, now he's he's best buddies with them. Uh, and I just have oh, and then Shaw's brother. The other shot uh, came back and is now a a good buddy with them in some way, um, and so I can just already tell you that at some point, whether it's the end of this movie or within the next movie or so, that they're gonna have John Cena's character uh, make a 180 and become a good guy, uh, because that's just what they do. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the big surprise at the end of that, not wrestling related at all, was the return of Han. Somehow or another, he's not dead. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Again, Once again I do not care about those brain at the door. At yeah. Check your brain at the door. Don't don't even worry about how Han's still alive. It doesn't matter. That's what they really should do. They should have, when someone says to, to Han, how are you still alive? They should have uh, Hobbs just show up and go, it doesn't matter how he's still alive. And then leave. All right. So that misdemeanor's got to be over then. We're just going to... Yes, good. Uh, my only misdemeanor is a preemptive misdemeanor. I know that this crime is going to occur um, this weekend, and that crime is going to be inaccessibility to AEW's pay-per-views. Yeah. So when I'm complaining that Revolution's hard to find, that'll be that'll be it. That's it. Well, yeah. That's all I it's got. Just, it's just tough. Because it's one of the things the WWE Network has changed. And it's changed the way we view pay-per-views. Uh, even I'm talking view in our own heads, like how we perceive them. Because when you and I were younger in the late 90s, uh, watching the Monday Night Wars and everything, how much were pay-per-views? 40 bucks. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Yeah, 40, 50 bucks. Um, and you just knew that. But uh, because of it, I knew very few people who rented a pay-per-view by themselves, right? Correct. They threw a party. They had a bunch of friends over. Uh, they had chips and pizza and whatever. And then they all chipped in five to ten bucks uh, for the pay-per-view. And then they watched it. But then the WWE Network comes along now. And for ten bucks a month, uh, you get access to every one of the pay-per-views every month. And yeah. so, do you, I don't know anyone who throws a pay-per-view party anymore. Uh, not for WWE pay-per-views at all, because there's no reason. No, no one needs to pitch in five bucks and and get a bunch of friends together to afford a pay-per-view. 
uh, they just have the WWE Network. They just watch it. And so um, I'll admit uh, Royal Rumble was me watching it with my wife sitting on the couch next to me, rolling her eyes at times. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and just watching it by myself in my living room. And and I, I did legitimately think at times how much more fun it would be if I had D.A. Fabe here. Um, or some of my older friends that watched wrestling back in the day with me, you know, uh, to watch it. If I had a bunch of people around and we could watch it collectively and and go, ooh, when big things happen, and whoa, wow. Yep. Um, and, but then AEW comes along and they're pricing their pay-per-views the way old pay-per-views were priced. Um, which, after years of the WWE Network, it's hard for me to justify dropping 50 bucks on a pay-per-view. The hard part for me is not the justifying the $50. The hard part for me is that so much has transitioned to streaming, streaming, and the streaming service that I can get AEW with, you're going to have to put out 12 pay-per-views a year because i got to pay 50 bucks to watch a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to watch every three months you know i have to pay 50 bucks for your streaming service too so um and because because again they do still use the pay-per-view model sure i suppose i could i could get landline or traditional television but you use a streaming television service and i use a streaming television service um you know it's just different i guess and that's i mean like i say if I mean, ideally, I would get, and you know, with me having moved recently uh, to Omaha, I don't have a ton of friends right now, but ideally, I would find a bunch of friends in the area who shared my love for professional wrestling, um, and and I would put together a, a group of four or five or six or ten, you know, people who would come over to my little apartment uh, townhouse and and you know huddle in my living room and watch watch AEW Revolution. I don't think it's going to happen, so you know, I've got to justify 50 bucks to my wife. That's yeah. What I do. Yeah. Um, or or I have to justify illegitimate means, which is really hard to do when you're Detective Mark Smarks of the WBU. Yes. Yes, I would have to prosecute. You would. And so, I, so I am definitely we both not both legitimately. Me either. No. 100% no. no. Winky face. Winky so. face. Well, on that note, we will move on to commendations. Commendations. I'll do mine first because I've actually got a decent signal right now. Um, I have one major commendation, and this is to the person who's responsible for it, Paul Heyman. Great job turning Raw around. It is finally something I can really enjoy watching. I can sink my teeth into it. Um, I don't love the Seth Rollins storyline, but the move you made by having... um, Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble rewrote the entire show so thank you Paul Heyman there's your commendation so my commendations it's actually kind of a three for one um the main one is Edge for making his long rumored return we talked about it earlier Edge uh 
it's been reported and rumored for better part of a year that he was coming back, right? Um, but hit, when he came in at the Royal Rumble last week, uh, the pop was huge. And he came back and he looked in, in phenomenal shape and he delivered some wicked looking spears. Um, and it was great. Uh, in conjunction, I am giving, I believe it was Roman who eliminated him from the Rumble. Uh, and I, therefore I am uh, giving a commendation to Roman for giving Edge the absolutely safest elimination bump I've ever seen uh, and how great that was so commendation there I will say it was second to Corbin giving uh, AJ his bump well yeah that that was that was more of a we've got to get him out uh, because he's legitimately yeah um, yeah but he but, made it look very safe. But the and made you know, it look legit. When Edge made his appearance at Royal Rumble, my, my first thought was, I am going to be scared at his uh because his injury was so very severe. And yes, he's been cleared to wrestle, but there are so many things that can go wrong when going over the top rope. Um and they did it so perfect, I was happy with his elimination. And then the final in connection with Edge making his return uh i am giving a huge commendation to randy Orton because that was the best closing segment that i've seen on raw in months maybe even year um when he came out and uh stood in the ring with edge and delivered the the um the whole well first said let's let's get rated rko back together and take it to wrestlemania and all that stuff and uh, everyone popped at that, and then the arc, and then the beatdown, and then the solo the concerto. concerto. Um, all of that stuff, it was absolutely riveting. You could not take your eyes off of it. It was a great angle. Like I said, I anticipate they're going to sell the injury angle for at least a month, um, and then have him come back in the lead-up to WrestleMania to uh, set up a match against Randy Orton at WrestleMania, which yeah. I am fine with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you can love Randy Orton, but in reality, there have been very few workers out there as safe as Randy Orton overall. Um, and that's the biggest compliment I can give to any wrestler. Yeah, is absolutely that that I think they are one of the safest workers out there. Um, you know, and I'm I'm putting them up there with. AJ Styles. AJ Styles is a phenomenally safe work. I think Randy Orton is up there with mm-hmm. Glenn Jacobs. The safest worker of all time, Glenn Jacobs. And Orton's up there. Yeah, I would put Orton up there. So, By the so way, that's for my those who don't know, Glenn Jacobs is Dr. Isaac Yankum and Kane. What? I know. It's hard to believe. No. And the mayor of Knoxville County. Next thing you're going to tell me that Britt Baker is a dentist. Medical dentist. What? <laughs> but Real on life. that note we're we're gonna start wrapping this up we told you it'd be a shorter episode and even with the uh the technical difficulties we wanted to keep this about an hour and it looks like that's about where we're at so um i will always always close this out by uh telling you guys how important it is for you to share this episode with your friends uh like it on uh whatever platform you use to listen to them 
uh, go on to Facebook and find our page and like our page, uh, facebook.com slash raw and order WBU, um, or just search raw and order WBU on Facebook. You'll find it that way too. Um, Twitter. Uh, I am at raw and order WBU and DA Fabe is at DA Vincent K Fabe. And I have to say it quickly so I don't cut out. Yeah. So, uh, Make sure to go onto Twitter and follow one or both of us there. Uh, that's we announce our new episodes and any other things there. Uh, so you can tweet at us uh, there as well. Um, go on to YouTube. I've been trying to put all these episodes up. I'm a little behind right now, but trying to get all of them up. Go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Or you can even go on to... There's a new website that I just signed up for the other day. Uh to make sure that we're out there and easy to find. And it is Podchaser. So you can go to Podchaser. That's P-O-D-C-H-A-S-E-R. And you can look up Raw and Order WBU. You can give us a like there. It's a recommendation engine. So it helps people find other podcasts to listen to and then links you to their podcasts and where you can find them. So go there and give us a five-star review there. Um, it'd be a great way to help us get out there to more people Uh, because the more people that listen to this the better our podcast is going to become and uh, we enjoy doing this and we hope everyone who listens enjoys listening to us do it the more people who listen the better we're going to be so also go to keeping it real uh, keeping it 100 from Conan who just plugged this episode 187 Um, it's so awesome that that's the episode number (laughs) and then i've mentioned before about anchor.fm that's our hosting service you can always go there you can give us a review or a like there um you can support us by tossing us as little as a buck a month uh every dollar you uh submit to us goes directly to helping us make this better helping us get into more ears uh getting us out promoting tweets or promoting us on facebook so that's uh, a great way to support us um but even if you don't have some spare money just sharing our Facebook page, sharing our Twitter page, or even sharing our anchor.fm page to other people um, so that they know. Telling your friends about us. Those are all great ways to help us out. And we appreciate every single share we get. And every one of you listeners out there. So, uh, But on that note, uh, we will see you soon uh, when we record our next visit from the FBI. Uh, But we're going to close the case on this WBU. Thanks for listening. Peace.